0: Welcome to Pop Culture Retro, which was recently voted the 15th best podcast by the residents of the Golden Years Retirement Community in Boca Raton, Florida. Each show will revisit some of your favorite pop culture memories with insider and outsider perspectives. Now, please help me welcome your hosts, Ike Eisenman and Jonathan Rosen.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Pop Culture Retro. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Rosen, along with the man who told me his New Year's resolution was not to do a damn thing since why change perfection, Ike Eisenman. Ike, how are you today?
0: <laughs> I'm good, and um, so far my resolution is uh, bearing out, so. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I mean, yeah, because we're doing a uh, forgotten films, and I, I do love yeah. when we do these things, and um we picked one that i i have not seen in over 30 something years and i remember loving it as a kid but i'm gonna let you introduce it because this was your selection
0: yeah absolutely i uh same here i have not seen this movie in over 30 years but uh starting with the title sorry i got a chime in my ear and i don't know what the heck it was anyway all right back to the meanwhile back to the show. Um, <laughs> I picked Time Bandits from 1981 and um, it it was a, it was a film I saw back then and probably owned it at some point um, for sure on DVD. I fell in love with it, watched it so many times. My friends, my friends and I, we'd all watch it together. There was a number of movies that, that we um, revisited frequently uh, together. And this was one of them. And just to try to, this synopsis is, directly from imdb but it does not do justice to the insanity of this movie a young boy accidentally joins a band of time traveling little people as they jump from era to era looking for treasure to steal so on its face it sounds pretty bizarre but it it really 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 is bizarre it's directed by terry gilliam from um monty python uh written by michael palin and terry gilliam both from monty python and stars Sean Connery, Shelley Duvall, Ian Holm, John Cleese, Catherine Hellman, David Warner, Kenny Baker. And uh, the lead boy is uh, played by Craig Warnock. And it was we only- didn't do of, much after that, by the way. No, he only did one other thing yeah. that I've never seen and actually have never, never heard of. And I didn't even put the title down here. So that's not even fair to him. But yeah, he- he only did one other thing and that was uh, pretty much it. Um, so this I, you know I always try to watch these things with my wife as you all know now um, Tia <laughs> and and she always asks what's it about? What is it? And I <laughs> tried to explain it and I just I couldn't um, I, I, you know it was very hard to explain and I just referred back to this really short synopsis to try to you know just try to communicate a sense of what the story is but it is it is Mr. Toad's wild ride I you know in my humble opinion it just in and it starts off really hard and fast this boy's adventure begins within the first five minutes of the movie which is um kind of crazy he gets drawn into these like his his he's trying to go to bed and He's got this wall that's like a like a a vision board of all these different fantasies, and he's an avid kind of history buff. He reads about history a lot, so he's got all this stuff in his head and um, enjoys it tremendously. And he goes to bed one night, his the first like immediately in the, practically in in the beginning of the film, and all of a sudden, out of his the wardrobe in his bedroom, it busts open and maybe it was the wardrobe or it was the wall that gets broken through by a knight in, 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 in armor and a, I in on a that, horse. I
1: thought that was the wall, but
0: maybe yeah, it just... might've been the wall. It might've been the wall. It's like, it's, it, it, it happened so fast and, and so blurry in my head, even though I've just saw it last night. Um, he busts through the wall, jumps around, leaps over the kid's bed, breaks out the window and rides off. And then the, he, the boy turns around and the wall's all back in one piece and nothing is damaged and was like you know was was this a you know a dream he had or 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 what and then the next night out of his wardrobe busts out these seven little people and they're all dressed in very bizarre very very stereotypical terry gilliam style um out clothes clothes and outfits and weird things you know they're one of them has a like a like a viking <laughs> helmet yes. with one horn on it and and um david Rappaport is wearing a, 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 a an old vintage you know flight helmet not helmet but leather headpiece and it's just it's just the bizarre <laughs> it's yeah and and it Starts out surreal and then just gets more and more and more surreal as the movie goes on. They, they, the end of the boy ends up getting shuffled along with them on their adventure. And it turns out they're, they're, you know, we learn later they have some, some kind of map of the, of, of Earth's history and points in time and, and all these symbols and stuff on it. And they're able to, tr- it's a map of where all these and pertinent to the image behind you, if the sky there has holes in it, these black squares that are open. And they're they're time portals that open up and close. And if you jump through them, you go to a different time. So they all collectively try to, you know, jump from different eras in history and steal, you know, money, gold, you know whatever kind of loot they can acquire, which they never hang on to for very long and it ends up getting lost or taken away from them very quickly. So they don't really end up with anything at all. But it just goes on and on and on. And it turns out that these 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 seven guys are part of the crew that helped build planet Earth for the Supreme Being, which they never refer to as God. Mm-hmm. I think they, I do refer to it as God, but, but, but he, he, I guess, prefers to be called the Supreme Being or something like that. I don't know. It, 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 and they go through all these different periods of time and then have to get out of situations, to get into situations, have to get out of situations, and then they decide they're going to um, go after the most, the most important thing in the world i i i should have written this stuff down i did write it down so (laughs) i don't have it very accurate and instead of going after money they're going to go and 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 get the most important thing in the world and it's in the the fortress of darkness in a certain time zone and then it gets even weirder after the
1: concentrated evil collect the pieces of concentrated evil that
0: was yeah uh yeah 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 well what what they finally destroy (laughs) um david warner plays the villain who's this sort of, sort of warlike kind of fantasy character that 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 uh when we're not really <laughs> exactly sure where he lives unless just it, unless it is the fortress of darkness that's that, that that's where he exists <laughs> but they go and they battle him confront him they end up they end up blowing him up into all these varied charred pieces of concentrated evil yeah and uh and, and then the supreme being comes in and cleans it all up at the end <laughs> um and it, it's just it, it, it just it, it it's so uh you, maybe you'll be able to do a better job than than me to kind of clarify some of the you know the surreal um you know aspects of the movie it's just but i mean it's it's absolutely a joy to watch yes and I think that's the thing that used to draw me in every time because it's very fanciful. It was, I, I don't know what, you know, if, if it was a big budgeted uh, film or not, but it looked very expensive um, for all the period stuff that they were doing. And it's $5 really... million
1: dollars to make at the time.
0: How much? $5 million. $5 million, That's not a lot. Not even no, for I 1981. Don't... That's not a lot and that's the thing about Terry Gilliam is like, I, I love his movies. Um, you know, he's done as, you know, our listeners may know or may not know. Um, he directed Brazil, which is also a huge favorite of mine. Um, the Fisher King, 12 monkeys, fear and loathing in Las Vegas. So he's, he's done some amazing movies and Twelve
1: monkeys. is phenomenal to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that in a long time, uh, either. Um, but that tends to come up and I I've sort of starting to base my picks for for forgotten films on whether or not I run across, you know, someone on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever is post posting anything about, you know, remember this movie or mentioning it in any way. And I never see anything about time bandits. And I thought, you know, this, this would be, I think this would be a fun one to talk about. Cause it's just, it's just an absolutely beautiful movie to watch so imaginative and and anyway i'm gonna let you jump in now before i go well, on and on and on. here's
1: one of the things okay I, i've seen i remember really loving i was happy that you pick that movie i told you at the time and one of this is one of the reasons that i do really enjoy when we do the forgotten film segments it's either something that i've never seen or something that i have not seen in a long time usually so uh except 1941 that's when i've seen a lot <laughs> 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 but um I've I probably seen this twice in my life, and I remember really enjoying it. Like I said, it's been over thirty years at least since I've seen it, but I remember really enjoying it. But I didn't remember much about it. It it was like all these vague memories uh, of the film, and I was watching it too. And like like you know, it was so bizarre. (laughs) The movie was so bizarre to me watching it this time because I, as I was watching it, little things came back. But I couldn't believe how bizarre it was, and they—I I had totally forgotten Sean Connery was in it. Yeah, <laughs> I, oh, me I, too. I really, yeah, I, I and Shelley Duvall. I totally forgot them uh, before he was famous. Uh, Jim Broadbent was uh, was in that as well, um, and who else? But you know, one of the things, and I read that afterwards, like, and I looked up about the, you know, Sean Connery that he took so little money to do this because he was a Monty Python fan. But uh, he got a chunk of the uh, profits afterwards. He did it on, you know, on the you know success after banking on the success of the film that he took his uh, end that way. But it really and one of the things that stood out to me also, though, is it felt more. It really was. You could see the Monty Python feel, but it felt more than a straight narrative. It felt like a lot of little sketches to me. A yep. lot of little set piece sketches uh, instead of a full film from beginning to end. Um, and it had a, you know, you kind of alluded to it, it had a, a disjointed feel, <clears throat> a lot of it. Like, you don't know, like <laughs> that, that it didn't matter which way he shot the movie because he would just fit it in somewhere. And that's what it just felt like to me. Uh, but it was still so much fun. I, I really i really enjoyed it and the uh and you never see unless you know you're doing snow white you never see a a cast of little people as the leads really
0: so and oh yeah and i that's one of the things i love about it is it's there's no particular reason they have to be little people they just were he just chose these great actors who are amazing characters they're incredibly funny and really really good yeah, you know. and there's just there's you know it's like why not right? Why not?
1: What the hell? I think I think I read that he, that he said he wanted to make it like on par with the child lead actor, like you know, so it wasn't yeah, so he wasn't overwhelmed. But you know, for not, Every one of the, those actors you've seen in other things. Yeah. You have seen them in other movies. They've they've made their mark in other movies at some point or other, but not like this to lead. And that that was really entertaining to me. That was they were really talented, and I love all of them. Um, and they they did a great job in this. Uh, I'm one of the things, and I don't know if you want to hit this now or later. You know, later. I I remember at the time because I did not remember as them watching the movie. As I, I, it occurred to me. Oh yeah, I remember something that, that that I did not like, and we got to it again, and I still didn't like it. I hated the end, hated hated the end. I loved the whole movie through, and then I I really this despised, and I'm not just saying disliked. I despised the end of this movie. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> well, yeah, the end. It, it, it's as weird as everything else. I don't. I don't ever. I've never felt like I really got it. Now, Are you talking about the end end, or sort of like the the whole climax? The, climax. The, and the end.
1: end, end. I, I didn't didn't like. I I did like the, you know. I guess spoiler alert for anyone who's watching. You know, the reappearance of Sean Connery. You know, playing the same character but different. You know, it's it's really, it's you know, you get the sense that he knows everything that's going on, uh, kind of a little bit at the end, but. Then the parents. That's what I'm talking about. The parents. It's uh the parents at the end of the movie, you know, again, spoiler alert, the parents blow up <laughs> and the poor yeah. kids like alone. Or like, you know, what the hell?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it just, well, it's, just it, it it yeah, it starts to pile on bizarre on top of bizarre. And you know, there's there's a lot of huge nods to the Wizard of Oz, which is, you know, kind of what I pulled from that in in a, in a sense but yeah you don't you don't ever completely and really the the very end which is the last shot is even more bizarre because it's like the house is caught on fire <laughs> the parents are blown up and he's standing there by himself and it's like this aerial shot that zooms back from the mess but as it zooms back you see all the smoke from the fire actually going in going down not Mm billowing up it's going down like like it was definitely a reverse it was plate you know shot one way and and run in reverse i'm obviously on purpose for a reason so I was taking
1: that to be the evil coming into like the world's evil maybe coming into the
0: i (laughs) you know what see that that is the problem and this is storytelling 101 if you don't if you don't make your audience aware of what your intentions are, they will force an interpretation onto <laughs> it. And that's all we're trying to do. We're forcing but, an interpretation. Um, but it, it almost, it doesn't matter what, because I'm sure Terry, he either knew what it was going to be or he didn't know. One or the other. And either way, it doesn't come across as anything that you can kind of put together and make sense out of um and the whole movie is is kind of pretty much that that way um it's and, and it's you know, i want to mention that it's very reminiscent of yes monty python and the sketch comedy but also the um the interludes the animated interludes in um monty python's flying circus mm-hmm. which he directed that, that was all his work and there they are as bizarre this is like a movie version of his animation is is essentially you know um how i how i see it and and you know this could be why it's not a. you know i think it was pretty popular i think it did well because it was so fanciful yeah. and a joy to watch like i said but also because you know if you, you don't leave you don't leave it quite satisfied that you got got a sense of of the you know what world you were being drawn into whether it was just the boy's imagination um or it was some alternate universe or if it was all real and actually happened because he 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 seemed to like cover his tracks every time he went somewhere he would cover his tracks and he didn't leave you with anything you know real to you know sink your teeth into
1: well that was one of the things that when you said forgotten film you you picked this as forgotten film what you you just said, I was wondering if it well, it does qualify. I mean, for the things because, but this has such a rabid fan base. This movie, yeah. so it's like a huge cult classic movie. Um, but you were right because I don't think a lot of people today's you know age. You know, I, I know my kids definitely don't know this movie. Um, a lot of people now are unaware of this film, even though it is, you know, I, to us it's not forgotten because it was, you know. A beloved film at one point and it's, you know a lot of people love this movie but i do think it qualifies as a forgotten film just because a lot of people from now now nowadays don't know this movie so i do yeah. think it qualifies for that it, it made on a five million dollar budget it made like 40 million dollars so it was a you know was a hit for yeah. that but um you so many i'm trying to think all those so many bizarre things and all the little stories that i read in the research i like, you know, it had the backing of uh George Harrison, you know, one of the Beatles. Yeah, that's right. He's
0: he's one of the executive producers, which right. is strange.
1: <laughs> and, and you read you read the part. I'm assuming that you know that Terry Gilliam and George Harrison, like you know, George Harrison was annoyed because Terry Gilliam didn't want to use any of the music that he wrote for the movie. This <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> and. And he finally got him to uh, play that, you know, song at the end. That was the very end song, was George Harrison's song. But he didn't want him to put any of his other songs in the movie, which is, you know, you have have a Beatle there, why not? Why wouldn't you do that?
0: I know, I know, I know.
1: So that part was a little bit uh weird to me, but the whole thing was weird to me. Uh and and I keep saying weird like it's a bad thing because it it but it wasn't. I mean, I really enjoyed this film. <laughs> so it's but there's so much weirdness in this movie. And uh and I was reading with Catherine Hellman that uh that he didn't want her originally that was a studio pick because of the success of uh hers, you know, in the States with soap.
0: So I, you know, who knows if all that's true or not, but uh, but. Well, then he worked with her again in in Brazil. She's in Brazil. Right.
1: Yeah, but and, maybe from this experience,
0: I. I and it's yeah yeah. I mean I you, you I mean you know those creative types they're all such pains in the rear. <laughs> well, I did love the fact included
1: that, you know, the Mrs. Ogre, that you know he's all in uh in costume and she's just like a plain human. <laughs> I yeah. did like that aspect yeah. of it but there were so many and I, I do think uh I thought Sean Connery was fantastic in this also you know going back to him uh who else and Ian Holm was in it as well but I, I loved I did love the Sean Connery character uh he really he was fun he, he was fun at that time he was probably one of the biggest stars in the world
0: yeah and, well that's and, what kind of threw me about about you know uh the budget because these are all major stars um right. that you know and of course you got john cleese and michael palin and they're 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 friends so you know there's that um but john cleese is hysterical i thought yes. sean connor was phenomenal i mean i just really yeah. thought he was really good it's like what an interesting character he plays the 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 king of what what was the country uh
1: Dionysus, wasn't he was
0: um my my name i can't I don't can't pronounce it i'm gonna i'm gonna really demonstrate my ignorance here <laughs> um but um yeah and and he's he's just you fall in love with this character you he's 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 he, you just fall in love with him oh, quickly
1: yeah yeah that's what he played right
0: um and and um and Ian holm plays Napoleon and he's just right. absolutely outrageously hysterical um i mean no the performances are all really good and so i don't want to mislead anyone into thinking this is too weird a movie to watch because oh, it's, no, it's not incredibly you incredibly watchable yeah. it's very watchable but again you know the ending is just up for anyone's well, guess as to what it might, well, might let's be. go even
1: before that it's kind of like you know the, the little people d- desert the kid you know, just you know just they, they drag him along in all these adventures and yeah like, see you bye yeah <laughs> totally, so,
0: totally. That, that to be as well yeah I mean <laughs> it's not and yeah I I, I don't know Sean is the only character that comes back you know in his in the in the boys quote-unquote present time it's not like you see all the various characters he ran into cropping up in places like they do in Wizard of Oz, um, so it uh, yeah, it's just it yeah it, yeah.
1: I know it's it's not. <laughs> I don't like critiquing a kid act, but I'm curious. You know, because I have my. How did you feel on his performance as a former child actor? How did you feel on his performance?
0: Oh, I thought he did a very good job. I thought he did a very good job. Um, he you know he's he carries a lot of the movie is this kid oh yeah no he's the lead that's why i want to point that out he doesn't get top billing by any stretch and because of the stars who are in the movie but but no he's he's there from you know the first frame to the last frame so he's he's in he's absolutely carries the movie and he's throughout the whole thing and it's it's you know, I, it's a a little hard for me to describe because I thought his work was great. I thought it was great because you, obviously you have to believe what he, if you don't believe what he believes, then you're not going to be, you're not going to believe in the movie and it's all through his eyes, what he sees and, um, and, I thought he did a really a, a really good job. It wasn't an overly challenging role, you know, right. um necessarily. So um but his portrayal, you know, his his work is was definitely solid. So he either just didn't care for the business and moot, you know, didn't pursue That's it. Right. Or, That's
1: exactly what I'd like to be. I was
0: asking. Yeah, because there's no reason why he couldn't have continued um because you know, continue I thought work. he did
1: a really good job.
0: Yeah yeah definitely yeah
1: that's, that's exactly what I was saying because I thought he did a really good job, and then I was shocked that he only had one of the credit after that, so yeah you know I'm assuming he didn't he didn't like or his parents didn't like the business. That's what the only thing that came to mind but because I thought the yeah. kid did a good job um one of the things I had also is that he was they had to film his thing separately originally because he was originally too starstruck by Sean Connery
0: <laughs> that, uh, oh really yes oh wow that's interesting that's got
1: to be suggested they film it separately because you know until he got used to him because he was like uh just in awe of of seeing of seeing him
0: yeah wow legend wow i'm glad that never happened to me because that would have been debilitating to be sure (laughs) um it, it it just it just never did um so I'm thankful for that, but uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was curious
1: about it, you never, you never said that it had happened to you, so it's just, uh, yeah. and I've asked Mm-mm. you about that. No, so. I was
0: always just, I was, I was tremendously excited to meet and work with the people, many of the people I, I worked with, especially Rodney McDowell, I mean, that was just like, holy cow, but he, you know, everyone everyone's such a professional they're they're good people so they put you at ease you know and you you just don't feel like you're you don't carry themselves in that way and, and, and I, you know I, and well, i would imagine sean connery is would, the is the same way
1: if you handled yourself in front of betty davis i think everyone else would be a piece
0: of cake after that <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well like i said she was partially responsible for that
1: you Life. know, you know,
0: she because you know she just said, "Call me Betty." I'm Ms. Davis. I said, "No, call me Betty." You know, we're gonna we're we're working together. We're gonna be be together for a long, you know, for quite a while here, young man. So <laughs> let's get on a first name basis. And that's all. I mean, when a when a, a star of that caliber does that to you, it's like, oh, okay, good. Well, all that stuff goes out the window. You see the the behaviors that it contribute to a star's reputation, but it, it it doesn't doesn't put me put me off you know it doesn't put me off or throw me I'm there to work they're there to work and that's that's been my my experience um with everyone well, you know
1: well we've kind of hit the path I just want to you know assist a sidetrack you know I think people might find this interesting too was there any actor when you were a kid a working kid actor who kind of like please don't bother me kid <laughs> just
0: Oh, yeah, there was one. Yeah. And I've told my story yeah. about him. It was Gary was the only Lockwood. He nope. was the only one. Yeah, he <laughs> was the only one. And I, you know, tried to attribute it to he was he was fashioning. I think he he imagined himself to be a deep thinking, um, um uh, you, you know, actor in the sense he was he was in character all the time. He didn't want to break out of character. He was playing uh, a mean-spirited villain, and he was mean-spirited all the time. And so I kind of just attributed it to that. Um, but uh, it was, it was, you know, I just didn't interact with him that much, despite the fact that we worked closely in, in a large chunk of the um, the f- the film. It was, it was a, a Disney project i did for the wonderful world of disney called uh, kit carson and the mountain men um we did you know but he just he didn't engage and he didn't really engage with anybody else either very much so so that was kind of like what his character was and he was you know trying to be a method actor i think in a sense and it, it didn't work because i kind of thought well, maybe he really just is, you know, a mean-spirited person. (laughs) So That's all there is to it. But, you know, again, it didn't (laughs) affect my work. It didn't affect my work. I just, you know, go, sure, that's fine. What
1: what did you think of the time travel elements in the movie, the time travel
0: explanations and things? I think, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. You know, it's it's a fanciful way to do it. And, you know, the way it's explained is... um, you know david rapaport is explaining it to kevin the boy that that the supreme being created the world and he said they we only had seven days and you know there's some flaws in it and this map shows mm-hmm. where all the flaws are it's like, oh i like that you know <laughs> i like that that's simple that's profoundly yeah. huge and yet simple at the same time and these time holes just open up open up and close and need to be fixed and they they, they haven't been fixed so that allows them to walk, you know, just like in Fantastic Journey, you you walk through a a portal and then you're We're in a, in another time zone. Um, and and they go into different times in history, and it's it's so neat to see because Terry Gilliam is a gifted filmmaker. I think he's mm-hmm. just a gifted filmmaker. Um, because he he spent, I mean, so much of his training ground was in the bizarre animated sequences he created for the flying circus and that's purely visual you know there's no words in him there's no dialogue it's telling a little short story in in you know just bizarre vignettes of 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 things that that he that he put together and that's how his films feel to me it's very similar he's got an incredibly powerful sense of of imagery and movement within the frame um where nothing is being said and you know you you pop into um you pop into these different points in history and you know i mean in such a such an effective and and powerful way and it's just it's very very it's like again again a true joy to watch you could turn the sound off and just enjoy this movie because um, I just think it's that engaging visually.
1: Well, that's—I mean, to me, you know, you and I have discussed this before. Anything time travel, I'm in. I mean, I'm already—I'm oh, yeah. ready to go into the movie. Yeah, you know, I don't—I don't need even a great explanation for it. But I thought this was a fun explanation for, for it. It was like something that unusual, <laughs> so that that was fun. Now you, again, I've seen—I've seen this movie twice. You told me well, I think just twice. I, I, I'm trying to remember, and I. I remember the initial time seeing and then i saw it one more time after that probably when i was in college so going back you've seen it many times anything new struck out to you that you know you forgot about or that you know just that you didn't think about before did you enjoy it as much as those earlier times
0: i enjoyed it i i i enjoyed it as much as i did before i probably won't revisit it again at at this point um for a if ever but it would be a very long time but i i've seen it so many times that yeah. i remember you say time bandits i can quote the lines from it like having not seen it for over 30 years um mm-hmm. because we watched it we watched it so many times um but yeah things i forgot the thing i forgot and that's the image that's to you know to to your right but my left of you of the ship um that's that that's like a hat on the head of a giant and i had forgotten about that sequence and so there's a whole this was not this was when they decide that they're in order to get the most valuable object in the world they have to go into the the time of legends and so this is all about legends and so it isn't really associated with actually anything actually truly historic uh historical um and they end up on this boat in the ocean that's manned by a troll a, a big ogre mm-hmm. and his wife that's you know that they're they're out fishing for stuff and they end up catching all the all the you know the gang and pulling them up onto the ship and then adventure i remember that thing Su- scaring me as a kid by the way it's so- what, what's I- that- I-
1: I remember that sequence scaring me as a kid.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I can well imagine. Um but you know after after they take control of the ship and dump the ogre and his wife overboard to save themselves and and they're steering off the water all of a sudden you realize they're getting close to shore and then the wa- the boat the the ship starts to rise out of the water and it's sitting on the top of a head of a, of a giant, this giant man (laughs) who then walks on shore and they have to figure out how to put him to sleep with sleeping potion. They inject into his head from the bottom of the hull of the ship. And it's like, my God, it just gets more and more and more and more outrageous. Um, But yet it makes sense. It's like, it's, it's, it's somehow Terry Gilliam is actually able to suspend your disbelief completely and have it have it play out with some sense of reality um but that I had forgotten that the giant was actually walking (laughs) along the bottom of the ocean with the ship (laughs) on his head and um and then you know they put him to sleep he sits down starts to snore he pulls it off his head and sets the shim on the on the ground and they're all able to get out and and run away and it was just like i completely forgot about that um and that was just and it's a great sequence it's shot so well it's just all of it's really 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 well done that's i'm just i can't go on (laughs) enough about that so you know it's yeah that that was something I, i had forgotten about I
1: had forgotten what I mentioned already. I had forgotten about that. It felt like a lot of sketches instead of a linear movie to me. I mean, they maybe I'm just, you know, that's just my take on it. Uh, Other people could look at it differently and think, no, no, of course it's linear. I didn't take it as that. I just, I just really took it as a lot of different sketches in the thing. And we're just going to cobble them together later. And, I'm making it sound worse than it is because it, it's not. It, it still was very entertaining. Yeah. Um, just you know, okay, we're gonna. I want to get some more jokes in here. I want to do this. You know, I want to get some, uh, you know, some funny set pieces in now, and that's what it felt like. And it still worked at the end. Well, uh, until the end. <laughs> to yeah. <me>. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that 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 was the disappointing thing. And like as we're getting, and I told you as I'm watching the movie. I'm remembering, oh, no, I did not like this ending. <laughs> I was just <laughs> waiting for it to go on. And then it confirmed everything to me that, again, that, you know, oh, yeah, I didn't like it. And that, that that spoiled a lot of it for me, not enough that I still didn't enjoy the film a lot, but I thought it was just, I wanted more. And I, and I read afterwards, I, I read that the, that a lot of the people that they were trying, the people in the studios, whatever, trying to change the ending as well because they thought it was too much of a downer. <laughs> so it's, yeah. uh, I was not alone <laughs> in that, but, but yeah, I, I still, I still enjoyed the movie a lot. I'm glad, I'm glad we revisited it. I'm glad you suggested it because it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And that cast, the, the cast was fantastic Uh Every one of the the little people actors was tremendous. They, you know, it's, it's funny saying it like that, but they were. They were just a great, great cast and really funny. Just really, uh, they made the movie for me. They really uh, yeah. did.
0: No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm going to throw out my rating for it now. Let's hear it. I think we probably covered it. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it. Uh, four and a half out of five stars, and that that half. I was going to
1: ask one to ten, but all right. So. Was that I was asking to ask you the one to ten like we always do
0: one to ten then ten I would give it a nine um I think that works out um because just yeah, the ending is just like it it is extremely disappointing, very confusing, even more so than you know what's kind of going on in the movie, but it is so it's it's so enjoyable to watch and and entertaining and holds up it doesn't feel dated to me which is also interesting i mean it's from 1981 but the style of it is 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 so powerful that it doesn't feel like an old movie you know it no. could be something that 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 might have been shot oh. you know within the last few years
1: well they, they they kept talking about that uh they were gonna they was gonna make a sequel they attempted a sequel several times yeah. and then you know, some people started you know some of the cats started dying off and so that kind of put the uh kibosh on it and but i didn't know if you read this that they and i hope that's true what i read that they have made filmed a tv series on it
0: oh i don't i have no idea no. they have
1: filmed it, it's going to come out um so that it was filmed uh in 2022 i think and, but i so i wouldn't imagine i wouldn't know why it hasn't come out yet but uh, so and uh jemaine clement from the flight of the concords is involved in it. So, um, you know, I, I would I would like to see that. I be mean, definitely be interested in... And Lisa Kudrow, I think, was attached
0: with one of the names that I read. Wow. Well, oh, okay, to... no, I, have, I haven't I have seen anything about that at all. Mm-mm.
1: That would be fun if they did that. Um, oh, for sure. I, you know, yeah, I'm kind of interested in seeing if that does come to fruition or not, because the, from what I read, it was already filmed. I, maybe I'm mistaken, I got bad information, but what I read, it was, it was filmed already. So mm-hmm. we will see that, but uh, yeah, I... My rating, I think, an eight. I, I I liked it a lot. I I really enjoyed it again. Um, it did not have the same feel for me as a kid just because I thought I I I took it as sketches there too, but I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I probably would have given it a nine if not for the ending. <laughs>
0: so yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there it is. So
1: The ending took so, it away from me for so yeah. so much. It disappointed me after the, after all the enjoyment I got there. But no, this was a good choice. I commend you for it. And, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Well, again, let us know in the comments what you think about it, if you liked it, didn't like it, some of the things that you uh, thought could be better, some of the things that you miss in it, and if you like that ending or not. And uh, again, please like, comment, subscribe. I'm Jonathan Rosen with Ike Eisenman, and thanks for watching.
0: Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Retro, where no one was hurt during the making of this podcast.